Welcome to Crowcast, brought to you by Quill and Crow Publishing House, the publishing house that makes your dark, horrific dreams come alive. And now here's your host, Lucas Mann. Welcome to another episode of Crowcast. We have the Quills here again. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. That's all of you here, Cassandra, Marie, and William. Um, hey, y'all. So, Liminality, the sequel to The Ancient Ones, is going to be released soon. Cassandra, what's the date on that, the official date? Halloween. On Halloween night. Yep. Perfect. What? It's awesome. <laughs> Just like last year, Ancient Ones was on Halloween, right? Yep. Sticking with tradition. Cool. And today, I'm not going to tell you what date it is, but it is Cassandra's birthday. Mm. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Cassandra. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) (laughs) So we had had to record on today because Cassandra wanted to celebrate with us (laughs) by working. Uh Because that's what she does all the time. It just Uh works. But she also wanted to celebrate with all you lovely listeners. <laughs> so to celebrate Liminality and Cassandra's birthday, we're going to have a lot of fun asking some questions about ancient ones. Almost got something special planned. Yes, I do. Something, something. <laughs> and then I'm going to be reading a little excerpt from uh, Liminality later after y'all are gone. So you can't distract me. <laughs> So I'm going to start with a question about the Ancient Ones for everybody. Are you Team Lucius or Team David? Lucy! Lucy! (laughs) I I know what Cassandra is, but... (laughs) William, what are you? Are you talking specifically just Ancient Ones or also Liminality? Exactly. Because things change. Uh (laughs) I don't care which one. I'm always Team Lucy. Mm. Give me, give me I'm both. Team Dan. I'm Team Dan all the way. Screw everybody else. I'm, I'm Team Dan too, though. Dan. I love Dan. You're not LeBran. No. William, you should explain. You should explain why you're Team Dan. Uh, because I grunt a lot, or <laughs> <laughs> the other reason. I'm just so curious. So, like the real reason. Okay, so we're not allowed to spoil anything, right? For Lemon uh, Yeah, just hint. Okay. Tease so a little I bit, just, William. Um, okay, so for me, personally, it's just, I don't know, the image I see in my head. I mean, he's just, he's Viking, right? He's big, he's tall, big beard, you know, uh, turns into a wolf. Uh, specifically, wait, does he turn into that wolf in Ancient Ones? Yes. Right? Yeah. The name. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you pronounce it? Fenrir? Yeah. Fenrir Wolf? Yeah. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. of course, that wolf, you know, with the Norse legend is just awesome. So, I'm already a fan of that, too. So, imagining him, but a more human y looking werewolf version of that wolf. Ugh. It's just awesome in my head. See, I just grunted. (laughs) that That's just me visually, right? And then, of course, the climax at the end of Ancient Ones, the fight. Uh, especially against Dragos. Oh my gosh, it was just awesome. I loved it. And so, I guess that's why he's my favorite. Yeah, for real. 
true, yeah. true warrior. Mm-hmm. But with a heart. Yes. Yeah. There, there's, yeah. A, there's a kindness to him. Oh, especially in uh, uh, liminality. So, mm-hmm. oh, I really started to like him a lot. Yeah, me too. Marie, what are you? Are you? I think David. 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 Yeah, I'm going David. Oh no, you're you're scratchy again. Damn. Your sound, yeah. How about now? Perfect. That's better. But yeah, between team David. Teams, yeah, me too, David. If I have to choose between the two, I'm going to go with David, of course. Sorry, Lucius. Yeah, like, Lucius is fun. <laughs> like, he's fun. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. But he can... <laughs> <laughs> I loved Lucius even when he was doing all of the bad stuff. I was like, you know what? I don't even care. <laughs> yeah. No, but, I mean, again, without spoiling anything in liminality man you really start to feel for him more and so i almost switch sides almost but i have faith in my boy david so we'll see (laughs) (laughs) so so i'm gonna break the tie and i i gotta go lucius of course really Uh, i mean when i first read the when i first read it before I, i knew any of you um I, I mean, David's the protagonist. I felt for him. Um, Lucius was was an asshole. Yeah. But then the more I got thinking about things, I was like, "Wait, I'm an asshole." So <laughs> I like that. I feel for this. <laughs> but that just sarcastic, just like the kind of arrogance that he exudes is, yeah, it's it's hot. No, you, you can't help but love him. His charming. Yeah. Oh, and then there's like something so deep behind it too. I don't know. I just I was like, you know what? There's more to this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And David, yeah. David tried to take his girl. Like, yeah, yeah. From Screw since that. forever. Yeah, David's the bad guy. I yeah, want to kill him too. <laughs> <laughs> so that the gives us a right and there. Go there. There's the whole damn trilogy. Yeah, he was the very first <laughs> cheater. In no, take history. that, take that off, take that off. Okay, I know. <laughs> Let, take it off, take it off. All right, let's start. Let's get serious and do what we came here to do. Okay. What do we do? <clears throat> what do we come here to do? Um, I'm gonna read. So. Okay. Oh. Let's okay. hear it. Okay, jumping right in. Amo can't keep it back any longer. <laughs> this has been bursting out of her for like hours. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my heart. She's been like, ugh. She's been all William. Ugh. No, I'm over here like on the clouds. Okay. All right. So, are we gonna ask more questions? Though. Are we asking more questions? Or... You can read now. Y'all ready for me? Yes. Yep. Ugh. All right. <laughs> Wait. You should introduce what you're reading. Yeah. Somebody... I will be reading. I will be reading an excerpt from the Ancient Ones. Um, page one sixty-six. Good. And I and I'm gonna mute myself so you can't hear me while she's reading it. Yeah, I, maybe we should all mute ourselves. Oh, you can you can mute yourself. <laughs> I don't know. I just said that I'm not really going to. <laughs> what is this scene that you're reading, Alma? I will be reading an excerpt from the Ancient Ones. A <laughs> Very spicy scene we have here for you guys. Here we go. <laughs> um, so between Lucius, no, sorry, 
between David and the Morrigan. As soon as he reached the tributary behind their caves, her figure came into view, ghostly pale in the moonlight against the sapphire pool where she stood. She was a perfect vision of the Morrigan he once knew, all traces of the madwoman Delicia fallen away, as if the magic of her homeland absolved her of her burdens. She turned towards him, exposing rounded breasts neatly stacked upon rippling rib bones, her ivory skin taut over her stomach and thighs. She reached up to let down the long onyx hair, which had grown back at nightfall, letting it tumble down in shimmering waves about her sylph-like curves. He was in her arms instantly, tearing off his tunic and leathers and letting them fall carelessly into the river with a splash. She proved to be as intoxicating as any conquest, and soon he was lost in a carnal desire he hadn't experienced since he was a young man enthralled by a slave girl named Gaia. He held her easily as she mounted him, her muscular legs gripping his waist as she ground her hips into him. She buried her teeth in his neck as she climaxed, sampling his tarnished essence as her body shuddered in release. Breathlessly, she then tore open a vein from her own wrist, pressing it against his mouth to offer him the same experience. His eyes rolled back in surrender to the exquisite pleasure of being connected to her in every way, her blood whispering her secrets, centuries of life as the great, formidable Morrigan. When it was finished, they both collapsed into the water, delirious with exhilaration. He lunged for her, eager to begin again, only to realize the water around them had grown unusually warm. David looked up to see the figure of Lucius standing on the muddy bank, his body tensed in fury, currents of red heat sparking around his body like electric lightning, radiating from his hands and currents of fire. He had created a ring of flames around them, slowly bringing the water to a treacherous boil. Morgan immediately drew David into her arms and transformed, pulling him out of the river with her talons. She carried him through the air to the mouth of the cave where they had made camp, shifting back to human as she landed and pulling him inside. David barely managed to pull on a tunic before Lucius arrived and promptly pounced, pinning him to the ground in a chokehold. Did you forget that I am your sire, your master? he cried, his eyes black and face contorted with violent wrath. David wrenched his scorching fingers away from his throat as Morrigan grabbed Lucius by the hair, tossing him across the room. In the narrow confines of the cave, the air began to churn into funnels, threatening to intensify. Enough, Morrigan commanded, standing firmly between them. Unless you want our lives to end in a fury of wind and fire and crow, Lucius remained crouched at the farthest nook of the cave, regaining his breath as the angry sparks that wound around his body cooled to a flicker. David noticed the vision he had seen of Morrigan in the water had faded away, the woman before him restored to the dual deity that was Morgana. Her variant eyes looked compassionately towards his assailant as he, she moved closer to him. 
Please forgive me, she crooned, her voice now flavored by the sopranic pitch of Delicia. I was under the spell of this land. David glanced at Lucius, who gazed up at her with pained eyes. It suddenly occurred to him that his sire's lust had evolved into something much more than he had realized. He rose to his feet, brushing the cave debris from his clothes. Apparently, so was I, he said flatly. Morgana crouched next to Lucius, holding him to her chest as a mother might soothe her babe, running her fingers through the mess of his dark hair. I love you both as my family, she declared, looking directly at David. But Lucius's bed is the only one I will share. Like, I'm literally over here fanning myself. <laughs> like, those ladies in church, like, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was good. Got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> All right. I, I know you... I know you guys have some burning questions to ask. Hit us up with something. The William, you mentioned um, Dan shapeshifting into a wolf. Yeah. And there's other cool shapeshifting in the story. Uh, so if you all could shapeshift, what would you choose to shift into? You already know me. I already know Cassandra's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... You gotta be an animal, right? No, I don't know. No. I mean, unless you want to shape shift into a another person. <laughs> <laughs> shape shift into an object. I am lamp now. <laughs> <laughs> like Beauty and the Beast. Oh, candlestick. Um. Probe. All me air. A probe? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Luke said. I did you not. It was not, not me. I oh my really god! Like to not be that ever. Like that's the worst. Like that comes back like bad karma. Like you become a probe. You know what I mean? Like ugh. Uh. <laughs> my lord. Um. Actually, you know, when I was a kid, I always and I said this. It, it was weird because I, I had a therapist when I was a kid. Um, and I said this to her. I said. Uh, that I wanted to be a bird, and they, and she said why, and I told her um, because like I just want to fly away from things. Yeah. And Same so, it, but but every time I imagined um, myself becoming a bird, <laughs> it was always like some little sparrow or something. Like Jenny from Forrest Gump. Uh, yeah, I guess. Are you guys I mean, familiar with that I movie? Wanna, I don't want to be yeah. connected to Jenny, but. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know I something mean... funny, Alma? You know how you what? like Delicia so much? Yeah. Um, when I was writing her, I was thinking about a sparrow. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. Like, don't kill me now. <laughs> well, when I write, like, I like um, associating my female characters with like birds of prey. Like, I don't know why. Like, I just think about it in my head. But she was very mm -hmm. like sparrow like. I think I even. Oh my God. Yes, I think you even put that in there. You did in the like descriptions of uh -huh. her body. Yeah. Oh my God. You know what? Wow. So I got you my mind. Because you've been killing me. So you deserve it. Oh my God. <laughs> But yeah, I always had these visions of myself like turning into a little bird and like flying out the window because 
we lived in like this eight-story building and I always felt that there were uh, cages at the windows and I always kind of wanted to come like get out of them. Yeah. No, flying creature for sure. You already know what I would pick. Not to steal from Lucius, but dragon, dragon? of course. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 100%. What about you, Luke? It, it, this is a question that's always kind of annoyed me before. So, of course, it's my question that I ask you guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I've always kind of struggled with it. And I've always denied, because I'm a Leo, the, the whole lion thing. Because um, I was like, I'm not really like a mean, ferocious creature. I don't want to be the king or anything like that. But then I got thinking, lion, lions have feelings too. And I'm a sensitive guy. And I've, I've been denying my feelings, especially this morning, Cassandra sent me something that gave me all sorts of feels uh, about how I deny my feelings. And I'm always like kind of working towards other people's feelings and trying to please other people. But there's there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah, I, I seek attention a little bit sometimes. Um, but <laughs> just because I'm seeking somebody else's attention doesn't mean that I'm not having feelings and we can't mutually benefit off from that. So I'm yeah. going to go with lion. Sorry, long answer, lion. <laughs> That's a good one. What about nice. Marie? I'm going to go with werewolf. I don't care. Nice. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, I'm that sure you would say mouse. Answer. No, I am a mouse. I don't want to be a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a mouse. I want to be a werewolf. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Howling at the damn moon. <laughs> exactly. Or a were mouse. <laughs> but a but a but a full that size. That was actually like a yeah. human sized mouse. Yes. That'd be that'd be terrifying. A rat. <laughs> I'll just turn into a rat. It's like my worst nightmare. Yeah, I thought she was gonna say. A mushroom. <laughs> or that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd eat it. You literally oh, oh god. Oh my god. Dude. Dude, I'm tripping balls on Marie right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything else. That's wow, man. Wow. That was that was a good question though. That was a really good question. <laughs> yeah, we all need to go to church after this. I know, so exorcism. <laughs> it's all William today. It, it, <laughs> it's, it's all him. For real, for real. I told you I was going to drink a bang in preparation. So. <laughs> I dreamed about the ancient once, woke up, drank a bang, and now I'm going to talk to my friends. <laughs> yep. That's rough, man. That's rough. Uh, All right, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Wait, what? Anyway. Oh, I mean, I, mean I just thought you could, yeah, I thought it was easy. I didn't answer. I know, but I want you to say. <laughs> I would love to be a crow. Yeah. Yes. J just one? Flock of murder. Crows. Yeah, I want to be all of them. Like how Morgan like explodes into crows. Like that's my dream. Oh, yeah. That's definitely how I see you. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my soul is right there. Now, and werewolf was my second choice because of Daniel. Oh, I wanted that so bad, but. I mean, you can't beat a dragon. Come on. Or a big old group of crows, like you said. Mm 
Yeah. My second choice was a griffin. <laughs> Griffins are cool. Yeah, but that's also a lion. I know. <laughs> With wings. Like part lion, part bird. Yeah. Kind of best yeah. of both worlds. There you go. <laughs> I have Screw no it. second option. You have no second option? No. <laughs> you have to be a bird. I have to be a bird too. I don't. I mean, like, it would be fun to be like a wolf, maybe, but I have to fly. Like, I. I yeah. Know. No, flying for sure. Yeah. I want fangs. That's all I really want. <laughs> there you go. I just want a mushroom now. You, <laughs> you, need, you need to go in your corner and hush your mouth like <laughs> you, you need to put a cap on that mushroom I talk. I know, jeez. I swear I don't think I I don't think I ever like really thought of being anything else other than, you know, I think the only thing I ever like imagined it was a weird like hallucination in my head, I guess. Um that I ever imagined was that like being a bird and flying out of those windows. It was only there too when I was a kid. I would I would just like if I could turn into a tiny little bird, I could fly out of here. Mm. Okay, that's depressing. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Let's change this. All right. Next question. Who's got one? Shit. Let me think. Let me think. Because oh, I did not prepare a question, I prepared my 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 voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to know. Okay, wait. So I thought of a question. I want to know. It could, be, it could be from either book. Who is your favorite and your least favorite, and why? Character. Mm. It can be anybody. It doesn't have to be a main. It can be like Henry <laughs> or something. Like you know favorite what I mean? in what way, though? Like you just love them. I mean, that's so many of them, though. I know. Okay, yeah, let me narrow it down. Um, the one that you... Okay, the one you identify with the most, and then the one that you can't stand the most. Mm. Oh, okay. So, obviously, the one from the ancient ones that I identified with the most was um, really Delicia, obviously, but, like, you know, Morgana, when she turned... Um, when it was the both of them, you know, I kind of, I love the duality of that and how like the Delicia character was driving her crazy and she was like fighting for her, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, that whole dichotomy right there, like that that whole internal battle um, was really just so interesting to me. And I love that. Um, Obviously I kind of, I kind of got a little bit obsessed with the Delicia character because I kind of felt like um, I really like these sort of uh, characters that are not exactly good. Like they can be seen as very evil, but there's so much more going on behind that. So that's what I, 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 I kind of got obsessed with. And obviously, if we're talking strictly the ancient ones, the character that I could not stand, that I hated, obviously, um, was her father. So, yeah. Yeah. His death was fun to write. <laughs> He's a pretty detestable character. Uh, how do you say yeah. his name? N- I Nearest? Say, I say Nyrus, but... Nyrus, I mean, Nyrus. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's definitely my least favorite. Ugh, can't stand him. Um, but, I mean, I'm going to bring up a good point. It's like all of the so-called evil or bad characters or selfish characters you have written such a good backstory to every one of them that you 
can understand and sympathize with everyone who's making the choices that they're making, except for him, of course, Nyrith, because he's just a yeah. freaking jerk. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so he'd be my least favorite. And then uh, my favorite. Okay, okay. Now in liminality, I won't say anything. I won't say why. No, you can but... say it, but just don't don't like give it away totally. Like, okay. I want you to hint a little bit. You know? So the character I hate the most out of both books is Angelique. Mm. <laughs> oh, that bitch. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Oh man, oh, I can't stand I her. Too. And just the way she talks, the way I hear her voice in my mind. Oh. I just, How she I, smells. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It, yeah, you know you that? Do. Okay, listen. So you know that like cheap, like overpowering like rose perfume have you ever yeah. smelled that that's what she yes. smells like because yeah, i'm like, like she's got to smell bad too man <laughs> <laughs> this is how you this is how you influence people's minds yes. <laughs> I know, sorry. no you wrote it perfectly because exactly what you're explaining is exactly what i had in my mind plus you know it, this is paris you know and so like at that time period perfumes was huge and oh. so it was just perfect absolutely perfect thank you Mom. oh yeah i can't stand her <laughs> But my uh, favorite character, like I said already, is Dan, for sure. No, okay, wait. So, because I changed the question, because I said, which one do you identify with more? So, this is going to sound super lame. I'm going to pick in the hero of the story, but uh, David, of course. Why? I just explain why. Yeah. So, I just feel like, uh, like, inside, I I don't look anything like him. He's got, like, you know, his hair is complete opposite color of mine. (laughs) But, um, I just feel like our personality, right? Strong with our emotions, strong lovers. Uh, that strong, silent type. Yeah. 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 And, uh, <laughs> and, and Except he, when he, he drinks a bang. Yeah. <laughs> what? Except when he drinks a bang right before recording. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. And he's just, it, I pride myself on prior, one of my biggest priorities or morals that I live by is honor. And so he's very honorable, even though his very first act in the beginning of being alive on Earth. <clears throat> but that was because of him following his heart, right? And that's, man, that's sometimes my, ero- my emotions run my actions. And it's afterwards, I'm like, oops, sorry, but not sorry. You know what I mean? David is, a, David is very, uh, very, like, easily lovable character. He's, he's, he's really just kind of perfect. So are you trying to say that about me too? <laughs> you are, I mean, honestly, come on, man. Um, just... Seriously though, yeah, you're just very. I don't know, like that. You you don't see the flaws. You don't see the flaws so easily. So that's just how I felt. You know, the reason why I'm Team Lucy is because I see the flaws really really deeply and so i think i tend to uh gravitate towards the flawed characters maybe because i i've always felt sort of flawed yeah no i feel that and thank you that was really sweet i was blushing (laughs) but uh yeah and and so i and i feel like it's always been something about me i wish i could change it's like a curse that i see the good in people first before the bad and so sometimes that allows me to be taken advantage of and uh and i don't see that and it's just like i always give people the benefit of the doubt we getting deep over here come on yeah, <laughs> yeah. Somebody else you goes. started Somebody it else 
no, I love this so much. No, because that is exactly his character, like, like to a T. Yeah. So, it, it all works. It's all, it's all gravy, baby. <laughs> yeah. And, and as much as like, you know, I was hating earlier on David for sleeping with Lucius's girl. I, if, <laughs> if Morgan <laughs> walked up to me and she had her rounded breast exposed <laughs> on her rippling rib bones. You, you are know, not going to say no. I <laughs> Like, all right, come on. <laughs> yeah, I've been like, I, I don't care if you're messing with my, my <laughs> You know what, though? Like, it, it gets like the next couple, not so much liminality, but like the third book, because we go back to like the ancient, like actual event in um, ancient Egypt. Oh, and, that's like, awesome. it goes, yeah, it goes like really deep. So there really isn't. Well, I tried to write it that way. Like, it wasn't really like one side or the other. Like, I wanted you to see both. You know what I mean? Like exactly, like, and you do feel that you you just you, you feel like you could pick either side and not be wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and strangely enough, what really helped me connect even more to David, which I don't want to give anything away, but in liminality, he really gets into his own emotions, and it gets the better of him. And it's man, I have been there, and I know exactly what that feels like. So. Ugh. Anyway, I just can't wait till the book comes out. Everybody else can read it. <laughs> I, I, so I love, I love the Morrigan, but my favorite point of her in in the book, um, in a, the ancient ones, was on that passage from Gaul to Rome. I knew you were when say that. <laughs> David is in chains uh -huh. and and the, the mysterious woman that's protecting him. I, I just love that. that from then on, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm Team Morgan. Screw David and <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no. I no, mean, yeah, Team Morgan, sure. definitely. <laughs> I wish yeah. I could, like, explain where that came from, but that's one of my favorite parts, like, ever. Like, I love that part. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's funny because I didn't even consider Morgan Morgan as an option because it's, like, so obvious. She's Is it, yeah, one. I mean, you who's amazing. Yeah, she's yeah. the one, you know? Yeah. She is the main character of everything. Oh, and then liminality too. Oh, there's so much I just want to talk about. <laughs> it, I but she William has so... been fangirling for days. I mean, for days. Yeah, it's, been it's, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. But she is just the most amazing character ever. And she's just, uh, everything she says, everything comes out of her mouth. It's so perfect. And it's like, that's the way every woman should be. Mm. William. <laughs> there you go. Whoa. <laughs> I need my fan again. Yeah. Anyways. Oh. There, so there was um I had a couple people look over it before before even William. And one of the um editors that looked over it, she highlighted this one um quote from Morgan. I know, I know which one you're talking about. And she goes, Oh yeah, I gotta find it. She has oh okay. She goes I have more important things to worry about than the opinions of men. And I was like, I don't even remember writing that. She was like, you need to like put that quote on something. I'm like, I'll make it a t-shirt. Like it's like one of my yeah. things. And that's how, like, I don't know. That's her, that's her character. Yeah. And right I don't there. think you, I don't think you realize how many times she makes small little comments like that throughout. Like little one-liners. Yes. <laughs> so many times. It's just like, man, this woman. <laughs> Every time she says something like that, just I'm falling deeper in love with it. Just like, <laughs> mind blown, enlightened. Yes. 
it, and I was like, I'm reading and I'm looking around the room. Like, did anybody else catch that? That was awesome. <laughs> so got lost today. <laughs> I went okay, Marie. You you're so quiet. Please talk. I know. Um, I don't think I'm gonna pick anyone different though. So I'd probably pick David as well. Um, okay, but why do you why why do you what are your opinions? Because it's like yeah, I love. <laughs> Just because I don't know the, that part with the um, the prostitute and who he finds out who she is and that like connection, like he always just finds like these weird connections throughout the whole book, and that nice. like that was like the part that was like I just love that so freaking much <laughs> when he can just like when you just make like these bizarre connections and you find people that you weren't even expecting to find and you know he was just talking to a prostitute and it finds out to be his like long lost lover you know so it's like um that's why i picked david and That's, that, that, that's a compelling argument right there. Yeah, I know. It is. No, no, I was like entranced by your yeah. one, seriously, by, one seriously. by your sexy voice, but two. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Like yeah, yeah, William still. <laughs> no, yeah, but that, that answer gave me the feels of like of kind of like us. And I know we've talked about this before, of like I'm just screwing around on Twitter one day and then we find this awesome group of people to work with. Like, right. It was like, meant I love to be. that stuff. I love just like, you think it's nothing, but it's really everything. So, yeah. Um, and it's just like the flow of life. And I think in ancient ones specifically, maybe just because of that part specifically, it's just like, it really shined through this, like things just happen and everything connects all the time <laughs> and it's kind of crazy yeah and it's like a, a lesson uh to look past the external when you meet someone new and see who they are inside and so him with that with the prostitute in the beginning as soon as he saw her as soon as she opened her mouth and started speaking that's when he was attracted to her so okay mm -hmm. this, this woman's an actual person and has a personality and then that was it and he has that talent that ability like he could, he could, it's kind of like he could see her soul um, yes. past all the, you know, um, physical elements. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Super deep. I've decided who I want to be in the story. Okay, but that's not the question. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I can, I'm not answering your question. I'm telling you something. Oh, okay. Okay. So I, I don't want to be any of the characters in the story that are named because there's just there's too much weight. That's too much pressure. I don't need the whole world weighing down on me. <laughs> I want to be one of the guys that was serviced by the Morrigan when she was a prostitute oh, before God. all that fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, come on. Oh are God. you insane, man? <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. Jesus right Christ. There. That is a lot of pressure, though. Like, that's a lot of pressure to say that you identify with one of, you know, the first beings ever created yeah. ever. No, for sure. You, <laughs> you know, you want to hear something funny? It's, uh, well, not really funny, but just an observation I made. Uh, Kristen Cleveland's story in the first uh, magazine, uh, The Raven Tattoo, 
that's that whole image all of that was me imagining like luke said one of the former patrons of morgan when she was a oh yeah i mean i could see that that's why i love that that's why i love that story so much and that was my favorite story of that um of that magazine no offense luke okay so this is gonna sound really fucking crazy right but i don't care because everyone thinks i'm crazy anyway um when i swear that writers like like creatives I, I feel like i've even said this before like are tapped into um what they call like the collective unconscious mind and i feel like sometimes we tell the same stories and we tell things in similar ways without even realizing it because we're all tapped into that creative whatever you want to call it juice <laughs> or whatever that like energy realm. yeah the energy of like yeah. Yeah. So when people like when shit like that happens, like I don't even get shocked. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You're in the same wavelength, <laughs> you yeah. know. I feel that all the time. Like all the time, I'll, I'll write something. I'm like, oh wait, no, I'm I just stole that from Cassandra's story, and like I wasn't even thinking that. As like it was just <laughs> that was and not not like verbatim from the story, but it's like, okay, no, that's a very similar theme to that. So yeah, yeah. I totally get what you're saying. No, and so the novel that I wrote before, fantasy novel, completely different genre and everything, and I hadn't read the ancient ones yet when I wrote that book. There are so many things and concepts in there that are so similar to the ancient ones, uh, especially like the gods and everything. And so when I read the ancient ones, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the successful version of my book. Oh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> and it, but it's it's true. It's like there's some kind of universal energy that creative minds tap into collectively. There's got to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cassandra, the the collection of short stories that that I've been putting together for a couple of years, and the title I came up with was um, oh, shoot, yeah. I can't remember the exact title right now, but it was origins. something about the origins. Yeah, and. You said that you almost named the ancient ones the origins. Yep. That's so. crazy. That's still crazy, though, to talk about. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you guys could visit any of the settings, the time periods of the book, where that was going to be my to? question. <laughs> See, same wavelength. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <clears throat> Um, yeah, I would definitely go to Ancient Rome. That, that's why I love the Ancient One so much when I first read it. I was just like, I love Gladiator, best movie of all time. <laughs> and so that whole everything. Well, so, okay, actually the beginning, David as a boy uh, with the Druids and all of that lore was just awesome. I had never read anything like that before in my life. And, uh, and then him, you know, being taken as a slave and everything and then meeting Gaia, that was just awesome. And so I would definitely go to that time period. Hmm. So you would do in Gaul or in Rome or both? In Rome. Yeah. I, I, now, I like Gaul and I like that part. But if I chose a, a time period to go to, it would be Rome, ancient Rome. Yeah. I, I've already had a, a dad in real life who didn't give me much attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Rome would be awesome. So like so the I, other settings sound like really cool, but I'm going to pick the most modern setting <laughs> um, because let's be honest, anything before that time 
for women was probably not the best time to live. So I'm going to pick the most modern one. London. Mm, very true. 1800s. Yeah. I mean, even then it wasn't great, but, but yeah. like It's better than the 1700s. Ancient <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rome. Ancient Rome was rough. It was really rough. I don't want any of that shit. <laughs> I guess it would just depend on what time period and like what, I don't know, because there were some very educated but they still couldn't hold property. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, they were like modern for their time period, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like the I think the ancient ones, I don't even remember. What did I do? 1880 or something? Like in that so so the um suffrage was coming. Like it was right on the on the precipice. So women were angry then. So Yeah. That would have been a great time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where did Alma go? She dropped off, but she'll yeah. be back. Oh, she's typing in the chat. Uh oh. She's like, I, I gotta would... go. Sorry. I would probably go with Valakia. Damn. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I would want to live there because it was so war torn at that time. Um, but I would just love to see it. Yeah. It's like yeah. whenever I when I think of Gothic dark fantasy horror like that's exactly where i go mm -hmm. that type of era well now that's where i want to go <laughs> <laughs> you convinced me i want to dress like that that's i want to walk those hills <laughs> yeah. romania would be cool too yeah carpathian mountains mm. yeah. that's where i want to be maybe i'll go there one day oh can i so can i pick two Sure. Question for Your me question. Too. What <laughs> was it? No, it wasn't. My no, question, it wasn't. Was it? Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, was it? No, yeah. You go first. I just changed mine too to something in the liminality, and I think that's what you're gonna say too. So we'll see. Go yeah. Ahead. So, okay. I honestly, I'm a history nerd, so I want to be in all of them. But I, I would love to visit the Black Forest, which is a place in Bohemia where I put in liminality, like I would love to go there. It is beautiful and magical and creepy and just Google it. That's where I want to go. Okay. That's where yeah, I'm so going to put my, my death shack in the woods. Like when I'm ready to die, I'm going to have a, a death shack and then I'm going to go there. It's going to be, it's going to be there. <laughs> can, can we go with you? Um, well, it's, I'm supposed to die alone, but if you want to visit and have coffee with me, that would be great. We'll put a little shack like a mile down. Oh, perfect. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Just let me know. No. <laughs> <laughs> so mine is kind of cheating, but I would want to go to uh, the place that was created for Morgan in Liminality. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? I changed my answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man, when you wrote that, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is heaven. This is really heaven. That's where I want to go. Okay. So for the listeners, explain without giving too much away what you're talking about. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's a challenge. Um, okay. So can I say the underworld? Yeah. Okay. So in the underworld, there is someone there who has the ability to create, change the realm as he sees fit. Can I say who he is? Yeah. Okay. So Lucius, right? He's, uh, he, he's in the underworld and, uh, he, he's, he can, control the realm, make it whatever he wants and make his own Hades style palace. Uh, he can 
you know, swipe all that away and just create whatever he wants. And for a brief moment, he gets Morgan down there with him. So he creates for her the perfect environment for her in her imagination, in her mind, the woods, the mountains, this, um, these amazing stars up close, the moon, everything, the smell of the grass, the softness of the grass, but without the insects. Like everything is just absolutely <laughs> perfect. So Cassandra's fantasy, pretty much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mine too. Oh, man. it was so perfect. I love that part. I went back and read that part several times, especially yeah. the end to that part. <laughs> <laughs> Milky, now you're giving too many spoilers. Away. Okay. Okay. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways. So Cassandra, do you remember from the short stories that I, that I wrote for the origins? Where one of them was set? Set? Um, um, woods? Probably not. Woods, right? Black, the Black Forest. Yeah, mm. so that. Was it the das, same one? Das Elkony. El <gasps> really? Yeah. It was It was based on that poem in the Black Forest. I may what? not have mentioned it in that story, but but yeah, that's it was based on that poem, and that's where that was set. So. My brain just exploded. Yeah, this is getting <laughs> freaky. I need to reread that now. That's and publish crazy. it. <clears throat> <laughs> and, and <coughs> <laughs> Just lay it all out there, why don't you, Luke? Okay. On air. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to. <laughs> I mean, I was anyways, but geez, guys. Where did, Alma, Alma, are you back? back? I'm back, yeah. I want to go to Egypt. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, that was my second choice. Ancient um, Egypt. Or, or maybe that like alternate reality cave thing where um <laughs> where where uh where there was the witch, remember that? Wait, what? Say that again. This alternate reality sort of place where um like like remember the person that I, I don't know if I'm giving too much away. Um, remember the person that? that that uh changed Lucius. Oh yeah, like yeah. that. That's mm -hmm. mm. yeah. I like that too. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Every other place, you're like, oh yes, I want to go there. Oh yeah, that's cool. No, I, I'm sorry. I got lost in my 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 imagination for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to picture it. Yeah, no, just because it's such a powerful scene that I was yeah. like, wow, I want, I, I kind of wanted to be there. And now I want to like write it like visually. You know what I mean? Like I want to put it in something like more. Anyways, I'm sorry. I just <laughs> ADD thought. Like, oh, Bye. <laughs> Isn't that crazy though? How many spinoffs you think of? Oh, as you're time. reading yourself, mm -hmm. like, oh, I should go in more detail on that. Yeah, yeah. That's, and it, that's what makes it so much fun is that I can because it's a fucking lifetime, like, like yeah. centuries and centuries. The entire existence of man, <laughs> right? Or right. the right. astral plane, the astral plane. Just because I keep, yeah. just because I'm like kind of obsessed with this, like being a nebula type thing, and it gives me those vibes. Yeah. <laughs> nebula vibes. No, and I'm obsessed with the concept that humans faith create gods and even new gods and so that just opens up so many possibilities yeah it's super it's super intense like that that part's like super deep and i really like that the yep. world's pretty badass too 
I want to oh, live yes. in the underworld. Oh, I love it. And I want to get in detail to see Tataris. Oh, that would be yeah. awesome. It's in three. It's in three. You'll love it. I'm going to send it to William. <laughs> he's like, not done, but he's like, I don't, I can't wait till the next one. I'm like, I'll just send it to you. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Thank you for making my birthday so special. Love thank you, Thank you for, thank you for including us in it. Yes. Did I have a choice? It was meant to be. <laughs> it's your destiny. Otherwise, I'd destiny. be kicking and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Is that well? Thank you. We're good, right? Yep. Thank you all for joining us. Um, stay tuned for a little bit when I'm going to be reading an expert from Liminality to tease all the stuff that Wil Wilma, I mean William, has been talking about. <laughs> Here's a segment from Liminality, book two of the Ancient Ones trilogy by Cassandra L. Thompson, due out October 31st. The sun finally abandoned the sky bathing the landscape in darkness. She adoringly observed the tree lines against the lingering hues of sunset, swirls of cobalt blue and black corrupting the pure radiance of day. To the east, a waxing moon grew brighter, ready to take its place as queen amongst the stars. It seemed wasteful to retire so soon on such a crisp, clear night, so she decided to explore instead. Morrigan wandered away from the manor, into the nearby graveyard, admiring the mismatched stones that jutted out from the earth. The ground was still damp from the previous day's incessant rain, and it squished between her toes as she lifted her skirts high around the thighs to save them from spoil. She headed towards the Lardone Crypt, a colossal block that dominated the stones around it, made of the same imported marble as the floors from the manor foyer. Although it was obnoxiously large, it was plain, lacking the extravagance found throughout the manor, as if the being who created it was not a Lodon, but someone left behind to clean up the mess. One of the names had been left blank, while another had been scratched out to the point of illegibility. Her eyes drifted to the towering manor, wondering exactly what sort of humans once made their home there. Her attention was drawn to the woods, where limestone tablets spilled down the hill like wounded soldiers coming home from battle. They were separate from the family plots, and as Morrigan walked through them, she surmised they either belonged to the former church congregation or to the families that once lived there. Hidden behind an old oak tree sat another marker that could have easily been mistaken for a family stone. It was an angel carved out of bronze, sitting on a throne and holding an extinguished torch upside down as if snuffing out life itself. Its mouth was a thin line of gratified finality. Underneath bore the inscription, The Angel of Death. Morrigan approached it, gliding her fingers along the masterful carving, wondering what such a magnificent sculpture was doing in an old countryside graveyard, far beyond what the naked eye could see. Why are you not taking us home? A small voice asked from behind her. 
Morgan startled, turning to see the apparition of a little girl aglow in the darkness. Whatever do you mean? Do you not recall? The little girl squinted in confusion. As she grew closer, Morgan saw the dried blood on her lips and the gauntness of her face, a child held captive by a fatal malady she never should have had to bear. What must have been glorious bouncing curls hung limply around her face as she spoke. You used to talk to us, to guide us home. Morgan almost collapsed as the memory rushed back to her, memories forged eons ago in the underworld. She smelled roses, heard the rivers of the dead. She closed her eyes, deeply moved. My child, I am just now remembering. But when she opened them, the girl had vanished. The bronze angel of death stared back at with cold, blank eyes, and she almost heard it whisper, Victorious. Her experience was interrupted by the sound of an approaching horseman. She turned to observe a solitary rider navigating the twists and turns of the path that led up to the manor, his horse kicking up a muddy spray. She headed back towards the northern plot to get a better look at him. He wore the riding boots and cloak of a well-to-do gentleman, a high collar that and hat concealing his face. He slowed the horse to a trot as he grew closer, stopping immediately when he noticed her. He swung long legs around the steed easily, landing on the moist earth with a gracefulness uncommon in someone so tall. Mademoiselle, are you all right? he called to her, his accented voice marked with concern. She frowned as she put her hands on her hips, both annoyed that she was being bothered and suspicious of a stranger approaching David's home. It occurred to her that she could not pick up his scent, realizing it was not a human standing before her, but a creature. I am quite fine, thank you, she replied. I am lady of this house. Might I ask exactly what you are doing here? He faltered, pulling the cap from his head respectfully, revealing shorn, wild hair that mimicked David's, though it shone like polished onyx in the moonlight. Forgive me, madam. I am looking for a gentleman that goes by the name of David. Does he live here? Morgan felt a wave of unease. She was not threatened by the stranger physically, for she knew her own strength simmering underneath its prison of flesh and dainty bones. Yet there was still so much she didn't know about David's life or the war being waged against the ancient gods. It left her feeling vulnerable, a sensation she had difficulty accepting. Who are you? she demanded. Ah, my manners seem to have escaped me this evening, he stumbled. My name is Adonius and I was told by a mystic in France that I must sail to England to speak to a man named David. Apparently there are curious things happening in the unseen world, things he can shed light on. Morgan relaxed. Well, you are in the right place. I am David's wife, Morgan. What a lovely name, he remarked as he took her hand in greeting, giving it a faint kiss. Our manor lies ahead, but I'm afraid David is off on errand. Would you join me for tea? Although something tells me tea is not your drink of choice. 
The man beamed behind the shadows. I should have known you'd sense I was a vampire, as it seems you are one as well. Though, I must admit, at first, I thought you were a ghost. My transformation has been recent, but a vampire I most surely am, she confirmed. Would you mind a short walk? Not at all, the stranger agreed, gently taking the reins of his horse to lead it forward. It was a beautiful animal, its hair black and gleaming like its owner's. I happen to love late autumnal weather, right before the frost, he commented. As do I, Morgan admitted, lifting her skirts once more over the mud as they headed up the hill and through the manor gates. She led him to the stables where he tied up his horse, passing by the gatehouse to the front door. We only have one manservant, and he's with David tonight, so you'll have to make do with me, she explained as they entered. I'm afraid I don't make a very good lady of the house. Adonius chuckled at her frankness. I think you are wonderful. The dim light of the manor finally revealed his face. He appeared youthful, but burdened by intelligence, a few lines creasing smooth pale skin against warm brown eyes. Long sideburns graced his angular cheeks and settled onto a pronounced jawline. Morrigan was an unusual height herself, yet he still managed to be taller, not brawny like Dan, though they were dressed in similar French fashion. Dark purple lined his black wool cloak and decorated his silk cravat. The shining aubergine fabric caught the lamplight as he hung his cloak near the others before following her into the parlor. She was grateful that Jacob had straightened things before he left and kept a low fire on. She gestured for him to sit as she stoked it, then moved towards the bottle of tainted brandy and cleaned glasses Jacob had arranged for later. She caught a glimpse of herself in one of the mirrors and winced, awkwardly smoothing her hair and skirts, wondering how she must appear to a gentleman born in this era. She frowned, additionally wondering how she'd managed to go from a war goddess running wild and free over the hills of Ireland, drenched in blood, to a woman stuck in an English estate, pretending to be a lady and worried over the state of her hair. Her guest had seated himself in David's preferred chair, looking around the room with curiosity. Dreary old house, but with such character. Morrigan handed him a glass of sanguine liquid, which he gratefully received. It was once a church built by defiant, wealthy Catholics on Protestant land. They traveled. They tried to capture the old Greek revival tradition in its architecture. Ah, so you are both beautiful and intelligent, he observed as he sipped his glass. He winced slightly at the taste, setting it back down on the table. Has it gone bad? she asked, grateful for an excuse not to address the compliment. I prefer my blood fresh and warm, he shrugged. He leaned back in his chair, studying her. Why does it feel as though I've met you before? Morgan stiffened, immediately thinking of her human past. I have never been to France, so I wouldn't imagine we have. I only arrived in England recently as well, she half lied. I am not native to this place. No, 
I didn't expect you to be. Although you speak English quite well, you seem out of place here. I'd wager you're the type of woman who needs fresh air, mountains, and seas more than finery and smog. Morgan was stunned in the silence by his accuracy, but he didn't seem to notice, peering out the dark window instead. Do you know when we can expect David to return? he asked, though the current company is quite pleasant on its own. He smiled at her, revealing strong ivory white teeth. I'm uncertain exactly when he'll be back, she managed. There is a problem in the unseen world, as you called it, and they went into town to speak with someone who is rumored to have answers. Ah, perhaps someone who can help rebuild the realms, he said hopefully. Morgan was taken again by surprise. So you know what has happened? Not entirely, which is why I made the long journey here, he replied, as he patted the pockets of his frock coat. He produced a slim black case lined with cigarettes rolled in dark paper. When he lit the tobacco, the air filled with an infusion of exotic spices. How strange is it that, as of now, there is no afterlife, and should our immortality be prematurely interrupted, we would be doomed to roam with no direction, never to return again. Morrigan stood to pour another glass of brandy for herself, a sense of unease she couldn't explain settling around her shoulders. I can only hope that our lives do not end, she murmured, as she gazed out the window at the glowing moon. But perhaps it is a good thing, he suggested, taking another hit from his strange cigarette. If there is no life after this one, then it would be repugnant to squander our fleeting time here, forcing us to live each day like it is our last. Morgan smiled as she made her way back to the love seat. A very good point, she said softly, taking a careful sip from her glass. The fire crackling behind them suddenly grew in intensity, brightening the room. My word, you have the most beautiful eyes I have ever seen, he remarked, his own appearing to scintillate as he gazed at her. They didn't look brown anymore, more like the color of refined topaz, brought to life by the flames. He took another long drag from his cigarette, releasing the spice scent back into the air. Was it cinnamon? she wondered, as it wafted to her nose, frustrated to have forgotten so many simple things. Clove, she whispered aloud when she remembered the word. Understanding hit her so hard that she bolted to her feet, sending her glass crashing to the floor. Adonius is another name for Hades, she sputtered, the Greek god of the underworld, the guise he once took to avoid detection. Realized with perfect clarity that she stared directly at none other than Lucius. Thanks for joining us. You can find Quill and Crow on Twitter at Quill and Crow, Instagram at Quill and Crow Publishing House, TikTok at Quill and Crow Publishing and on their website at www.quillandcrowpublishinghouse.com. You can find me, Lucas Mann, on Twitter and Instagram at Eloquent Enigma or on my website, lucasmann.carrd.com.
www.thepodcastmedia.co. Be sure to check the episode info for follow information of this week's guest. Thanks again for listening to the podcast that makes your dark, horrific dreams come alive. This is Crowcast. <laughs>